The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. There we go. <laughs> yep. We'll wait maybe till five after, let people join, and then we can start. Um, Eric, I'm going to let you introduce yourself so I don't embarrass myself by trying to pronounce your last name. <laughs> I think it, you said Sitar, right? Is that right? Okay. Oh, you're muted. <laughs> yeah, um, you're more than welcome to introduce me or I can introduce myself. Okay. All right, I think we can get going here. Um, thank you all for attending um, tonight's Parkview Avenue reconstruction meeting. My name is Nolan Bergstrom, uh, community planner in the community planning and economic development department. Um, we'll go through some introductions here shortly. Um, just wanna lay out a, a couple things. We'll, we'll also get to it during the presentation, but if you have any questions for this meeting, um, please use the Q&A um, function in Zoom. Should be at the, the same bar that has your muting and video functions. Uh, we're gonna use that to help streamline this meeting. And this really is gonna be more of an informational meeting. Um, and if we need to go to 8.30, we will, um, but we wanna be sensitive of everyone's time as well. If we get to, all the questions or if there aren't any questions um, we you know we'll adjourn a little early and let everyone enjoy the rest of their evening um, so yeah let's get this thing kicked off here okay so just the housekeeping stuff uh, we're going to use this q a uh, function 
You can just click on it and ask a question at any point during the meeting. Uh, we'll address those uh, questions at the end of the presentation. Um, if you know some people who weren't able to attend tonight, but would still like to learn more information, have no fear. This meeting's um, being recorded and will be uploaded to the City of Kalamazoo's YouTube page. Um, and the meetings uh, has a hard cutoff at 8.30. Uh, I don't know if we'll need to go that long, but that is uh, the hard cutoff. If we don't get to everybody's questions, um, we'll make sure to put up an FAQ or something similar uh, and host that online for reference later. So just gonna go through the agenda real quick. We're gonna start with some introductions. Some uh, public services staff are here as well as a, a member of public safety. We'll go through the background of the project, what the plan improvements are, uh, what you should expect as a resident or a concerned citizen um, during the you know, entire phasing of this project. And then we'll, we'll get to Q&A. So uh, I'll let everyone introduce themselves. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll say my, I'm Nolan Bergstrom again, community planner, uh, community uh, planning and economic development department. And I am Anthony Lev, the public works division manager. Hello everybody, I'm Dennis Randolph and I'm the city's traffic engineer. Good evening everybody, I'm Eric Sytar, senior civil engineer. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Matt Huber, Assistant Chief Public Safety. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and the contractor for this project is Peters Construction, and the consultant on the project uh, was uh, is Hurley and Stewart. Um, so moving on to the background, Anthony, do you want to take it away? <clears throat> yeah, Nolan, thank you. So I want to talk about this project. Uh, I imagine this is not the first time uh, a lot of you have heard that we were doing this project. Uh, last year, we had anticipated getting this project off the ground. And then uh, similar to many other things in our lives, uh, COVID had a significant impact on some of the water components that we were able to get, um, causing uh, a high markup uh, on the components themselves, and then also uh, delayed lead times in getting those delivered to where we, we didn't feel comfortable to where we could get the project completed in time for the construction season. So we opted to uh, move that project to this year. Uh, this is the same exact project as last year. The only thing has changed is just, a, just another year older. Um, but for many of you, this will be a, a rehash um, uh, and, and then for those of you that have never heard about this project before, welcome. We're excited to be finally talking about it and uh, ready to get this underway. Uh, like I said, this project was postponed from last year. And uh, this is a corridor that, you know, that we've recognized from several aspects. It's, it's road condition, uh, the condition of the water infrastructure underneath the road. And also, um, I think we'll, we'll get here in the next slide, something that was highly you know, uh, talked about and planned for in, in the adjacent neighborhood plans that exist. Um, there's the three neighborhoods that are directly affected by this project, Oakwood, Oakland Winchell, and Parkview Hills. Um, in neighborhood plans and conversations with, with each of these neighborhoods, um, you know, I think there was a lot of concern about Parkview Avenue in general, uh, whether it is non-motorized transportation, whether it is uh, you know, the traffic speeds uh, or road condition itself, uh, low-hanging limbs, vegetation, you name it. There's a lot of, a lot of attention on this project um, for this street and we, we recognize that and um, we were able to kind of capture a lot of that in this project. Um, a couple of things that, that were specifically mentioned as well um, was creating a safe connection between Oakwood and Oakland Winchell neighborhoods. 
um, and, and the Broadway and Parkview intersections, which we'll, uh, we'll get into a little bit more as well. So that was the background of how we got here today. Uh, I wanna talk about for a second, the different facets of this project uh, that make it great, but make it uh, complex from a scheduling aspect and also um, how that impacts traffic. Uh, we'll get into a little bit later as well. So anytime in the city when we're looking at water main that is a ideal candidate for replacement. Um, you know, we, we work internally to make sure that all of our assets are being addressed in these corridors if they can. Um, again, not gonna be a surprise to many of you. Um, we did a project similar to this on Oakland Drive uh, between Parkview and Howard Street. Uh, we've done uh, that same year, two years ago, we did the a similar project on Port Street. And last year we did a project on Portage Street where we are combining uh, you know, our funding and combining uh, the work that needs to be done so that we can have an efficient project, really get it, get in there, get everything taken care of and end up with a better street that we aren't coming back to make water main repairs for the next year or having to repave and, and inconvenience uh, affected residents and businesses again. So uh, this is this is another one of those projects and, and one and a type of project that we plan on um, moving forward, doing more of these. Um, it, it's, it's really a benefit to us from a financial sense, uh, from an asset management standpoint makes sense, and also makes sense for uh, construction and, and the surrounding areas. Uh, particularly this water infrastructure from Oakland Drive to Tamsin, which will be the, the limits of this project, uh, will include new water main, uh, an, an upsized upgraded water main, it will include new fire hydrants uh, and new water service lines. Again, this is pretty similar to a lot of our other projects. When we're coming in here replacing water infrastructure, we want to replace everything that we can within that right away, um, so that we can uh, know that 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 is a you know a new system that's going to be reliable and one that we won't have to um, make emergency repairs for moving forward. Uh, above ground, we will be repaving and restriping the road. Uh, again, the, the limits of this project will be from Tamsin, which is just west of uh, Greenleaf Boulevard, to Oakland Drive. Uh, in addition to a new driving surface, um, we will be implementing what we call right-sizing the, the vehicle traffic lanes. Uh, and that, that does a couple things for us. Uh, one, that's an effort to right-size our bike lanes as well. Uh, in the city, you know, depending on the age of the street, we have some bike lanes that are narrower than others. So when we're doing these projects, we're addressing that bike infrastructure on the road so that we can right-size that and right-size the travel lanes as well. Uh, and and that, some factors that go into that you know, the, the type of traffic that we have, the posted speed limits, the speeds that are being observed, and really the function of the road. And this is, uh, again, another project that we're getting into the habit of uh, doing more of these and, and really looking through that complete street lens for each of our projects that we do. Um, just at the end of this year, uh, we were able to complete our, our very own City of Kalamazoo um, street design guide that incorporates a lot of these factors and takes into account the use of the road, the affected area, and really what our intended purpose is to make sure that we're addressing all of these, uh, you know, asset classes in the road and that we're addressing all users of the right-of-way space. In addition to the resurfacing uh, along Parkview Avenue, one of the things that personally I'm, I'm extremely excited about are the pedestrian improvements that we're able to add. Um, you know, there, there is a, a lot of residences, uh, a lot of sidewalks, a lot of parks in this area, a lot of great places for uh, people to ride bikes to, to walk to, um, you know, to, to exercise. 
and and having this pedestrian improvement uh, is is going to be a, a, a drastic change to to this corridor. Currently, the the only two places to to cross that are designated through pavement marking or a signalized intersection is at Greenleaf Boulevard and uh, at Oakland Drive and, and Parkview uh, Avenue intersection. So uh, it, it actually works out uh, from an engineering stance. Uh, one of the, the best places to cross where you have the uh, flattest grade, the most sight distance and existing pedestrian infrastructure is at Barnard and Parkview Avenue and Broadway to the north there. So uh, what, what we intend to do is to build a pedestrian island, which will be just west of the Barnard and Parkview Avenue intersection, um, not, not so close to that intersection to where it'll interfere with vehicles pulling out of Barnard going west, but just a little to the west of where we can make that connection uh, where there's existing sidewalk at Barnard across the street to Parkview Hills. And for those of you that are familiar with that area, and you know, there's no sidewalk across the street. Well, we intend to change that as part of this project. Um, the, you know, right across the street from where this crosswalk will go, we will build sidewalk behind that guardrail, behind new guardrail that goes and connects to Broadway which will allow for a gateway uh, into the uh, Oakwood Woodtill neighborhood for pedestrians, for non-motorists, bicyclists, um, anybody looking to cross Parkview Hills there. This is a uh, illustrative map of the work that we are uh, intending to do for this project. Uh, as mentioned, you can see the pedestrian improvements that I just mentioned about halfway between Greenleaf and Oakland. Um, the repaving and restriping, right-sizing the travel lanes to accommodate both vehicular and uh, bicycle traffic in a, in a safe manner. The water service improvements that are, that are much needed along this corridor uh, to replace a, a, an aging, a, you know, a smaller water main that has been prone to uh, water main breaks in the past. Um, and again, with our, our sidewalk on Barnard that we completed last year and tend to build on this year as well. So that, that talks about what we're going to do as part of this project, but now we can talk about kind of the win uh, and, and what impacts will be done to traffic. Uh, probably what many of you are, are curious about um, Construction will begin on March 21st. Uh, typical policy for our construction projects is two weeks before the contractor will place uh, portable message boards alerting traffic that a construction is going to start on March 21st, that there are going to be impacts um, to travel. You know, there will be messages displayed. Um, in that two-week time frame, you will start to see signage, construction signs start to go up, detours start to, detour signs start to go up. Um, and we will additionally be doing media releases, uh, putting out information on social media uh, and through, through other means to alert traffic that this project is going to start. But March, Monday, March 21st is our anticipated start date uh, after conversations with our contractor. Um, we'll begin phase one immediately and we'll get into what that means in a, in a second, uh, that is anticipated to be about two or three weeks. And once that phase is complete, we'll move into phase two of the project, which will really account for the majority of, of this project, um, which will take us to the end of October, middle to end of Octo October. Uh, and we will stay in that traffic pattern through summer to the end of uh, construction. So as I mentioned, phase one that'll start on March 21st will begin with a uh, full road closure of Parkview Hills. Um, fortunately, this is in a, a very small portion of Parkview uh, to where 
you know, th there really will not be significant local traffic impacts in that residents will be able to get directly to their house. Um, you know, there, there, there will just be a hard closure where you cannot drive from one side of the other to Parkview Avenue. Uh, again, our, our traffic detours will be put in place to detour uh, commercial traffic, to detour through traffic, um, using Drake Road to Stadium, Howard, Oakland, back down if they if that's their final destination, if that's where they're going. Um, you know, it's anticipated, similar to other projects, that traffic will go, you know, in other directions once they get to Drake and Stadium, once they get to Howard and Oakland uh, to get to their final destination. But this will be a full closure. We will have type three barricades at Drake and Parkview, at Oakland and Parkview. Um, to, to sign to through traffic, to commercial traffic, to non-local traffic, this road's closed. Um, we, will, we call that a soft closure in that traffic will be able to continue on this street, but you've been warned that you cannot go through uh, one end of Parkview Avenue to the other. And at that point, uh, two to three week time frame in April, we will move over into phase two. Phase two, as mentioned, will be uh, a majority of, of this project. Uh, this is when we will be doing the bulk of our water main replacement and ultimately our, our road resurfacing. In order to accomplish this work, the, the water main uh, to accommodate its requirements for offset distances from other utilities requires that water main to more or less kind of move um, north and south on Parkview Avenue. So it's, it, it's very difficult. It, it, it does not go in a, in a dedicated straight line. It, it goes where it needs to um, in correlation with other utilities that are existing currently. So that require, requires us to bring Parkview Avenue to really only one lane of traffic. Um, and, and when we were having conversations about the best way to construct this uh, from a phasing standpoint, what made sense from a traffic standpoint, what directionally, you know, what's the, the best option. Um, we had decided, and also, of course, our conversations with, with public safety as well. Um, it had been decided that, that we needed to make this a eastbound only movement, meaning that, that westbound traffic will not be able to turn onto Parkview Avenue and go west. We will have Parkview Avenue limited to one lane of through traffic um, going in the eastbound direction. Now, we intend on beginning on the east side of this project limits. That would be at Oakland and Parkview Avenue. And then working our way towards the west as we construct that water main. Um, and there's, there's reasons for that from a construction phasing standpoint. Um, and, and, and so because of that, residents of Parkview Hills, uh, you know, until later on in the project, they will be able to turn left and right out of, out of Greenleaf Boulevard there. I imagine that's a, a concern that, that many people might have. So, you know, it, I, I can't give a definite date on that right now, but we've made that very clear with the contractor and, and there, Peters Construction is a local uh, construction company that we, we work with, you know, on, on a lot of projects and, and they, are, they are very aware of the traffic impacts. So, you know, while we are going to get the work that we need done, uh, we will try, you know, to, to minimize that, that impact on traffic as we move from east to west constructing that water main. More information on traffic impacts. Uh, as mentioned, we will have a signed detour route for through traffic, commercial vehicles. Uh, we will be displaying message boards throughout the, the construction uh, project. If those messages need to change, we will certainly do that. Uh, one important note, pedestrians and bicyclists will be able to have access to the sidewalk along Parkview Avenue for most of the work. Uh, again, there are some, some spot ADA improvements that we do intend to make. 
uh, we will be posting pedestrian detours as needed. Um, but it's our intention, understanding you know, that that's an important corridor for the community. We intend to try to leave that open as much as possible. Um, and also, once construction starts, you know, for many of you that are familiar with, with projects in the city or just construction in general, you know, we do acknowledge um, you know, the, the, the probability of having you know, through traffic that is using local roads to, to cut through to get where they need to go. You know, it's not necessarily people that live in that neighborhood, um, but instead of following the detour, maybe they, they went too far and missed the detour. You know, they're they're driving through uh, local residences to, to get where they need to go. And, you know, we're we're committed in public services and also uh, working with public safety to, you know, observe and monitor those conditions, make changes as needed, um, you know, really put to use temporary traffic control um, and some of the target enforcement um, methods that, that public safety uh, uses and, and just really making sure that we're observing traffic, understanding uh, impacts to local roads and, and making adjustments as we can. Water service impacts uh, for all city projects, um, you know, we, we have a very good line of communication with the contractor and our consultants that will be uh, on the job inspecting the entire time, Hurley Stewart. Um, we want to make sure that we are coordinating any anticipated uh, water shutoffs in order to tie into a side street, make a connection. Um, you know, there, there are times where we will have to cut that water off for a, a very short amount of time and then uh, turn it back on once, once that connection has been made. Uh, again, that's an anticipated uh, planned procedure. Uh, so we know that information. I think we, we try for at least a 48 hour notice that, that we get out ahead of time and, and can put that information out to the community. Once that water comes back on, or if there is an unanticipated uh, disruption to water service, we will issue a, a boil water notice. And typically, um, I think we, we put those out um, you know, immediately following the event. And then we notify the public when the boil water notice is over as well. Um, Eric, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we, we usually plan for a, a 72 hour, um, or we, at least we notify them to anticipate a 72 hour turnaround on that. That's correct. <laughs> Typically 72 hour. Sure. And, and again, if it's more or less, we, we put that back out, but that's, that's the you know, anticipated amount of time when these boil water advisories um, are, are, are issued. So we have some more information here, Nolan, and I, yep. I think I have a few, um, couple things I wanted to make sure to get out, but I, I imagine we'll have some, some questions that, that come up might, uh, yep. might yep. be able to answer those. So to go ahead. Yep, we, we do have some questions. Um, uh, just for everyone's, for the sake of everyone on the call, this presentation, um, as well as uh, hopefully a project page, I'm anticipating to get that up uh, early next week so that whoever missed this, um, uh, presentation, or if you're on the call and just want to go back and look through the slides and get the information again, uh, or, you know, share it, you know, that should be available. Um, so that's going to be a, a page that's on the Imagine Kalamazoo projects page, which a lot of you are probably familiar with, um, for active boil water advisories, um, you would follow this link, just kalamazoocity.org slash BWA. Um, and then if you want to contact us at all, you can dial 311 or the 269 number uh, or hello at kalamazoocity.org. And then for any traffic or speeding concerns, those can be submitted uh, at kalamazoopubliksafety.org uh, slash traffic. So Anthony, uh, we, we have some Q&As. Do you want to 
get to those um, and then, or do you want to add, add some more information first? Just about started talking while muted. Um, we can do the questions, I, I guess, really to the, to the panel though, I, I didn't know if there's anything that, that I might've missed or anything that you wanted to make sure to emphasize as part of this project um, before we got into those questions. All right, I think we're ready for some questions. All right, well, I appreciate uh, Assistant uh, Chief Huber, who's been answering some questions, uh, two questions about public safety. Um, but one of the first questions we had was, were there any considerations about adding protected bike lanes with bollards? Sure. So typically, um, we are, you know, I guess for this particular project, that was not uh, something that was considered. Um, we have other corridors throughout the city where we are considering separated bike lanes. Um, usually when you have those kinds of bollards, you want to build a, a, a sort of a buffer zone um, that needs a little more road space than what exists on Parkview Avenue. I think, you know, the ability to get the bike infrastructure that we do have on uh, Parkview Avenue along with the travel lanes is, you know, it, it might not be, you know, we, we always wish we had more space, but given the space that's on Parkview Avenue, I, I really think that we're, we're going to be optimizing that for bike infrastructure. I think, Anthony, another part of that answer is in places where we've used bollards around town, such as Greenleaf or over on Emerald, and we have some bollards up along Kalamazoo, we're putting them in places where uh, the, the idea of bikes or having bikes or bicycles uh, near traffic is a, a, a newer idea. People have been running down Parkview for a long time. And it, it, certainly, and I, I always have to start with, with what crash data looks like. There hasn't been a, a problem with bikes by widening the lanes, we should we'll, certainly will be making it safer and better. But again, it, there's not a big change. Like uh, people, uh, people are aware that those lanes are there. We'll just be doing it better now, and, and that's kind of the thought behind where we put the bollards. Yeah, that that's a great point, Dennis. And I, I, I would I would think too that by narrowing those travel lanes. You know, we're we're anticipating a, a, a better driver behavior. Yeah, I, I can tell folks because you all seen what we've done on, on Winchell and Greenleaf and and just simply painting the lines, marking some little narrower lanes, we've gotten a reduction in the average speed on those streets of somewhere between two and four miles an hour. And you say that's not a lot, but that is a lot, sure. especially when it comes to safety and survivability. If somebody gets hit their chances of, of not dying and not having very severe uh, injuries it is a lot better with just that reduction of two to four miles an hour it, the streets really aren't safer so and that's passive okay it's not because the, the police have been out there and, and helping us do enforcement that's just because we painted some lines and put some other markings down so Parkview, I see, is going to benefit by this with the same type of things happening with the narrower lanes, and uh, it's a real good start. If I can, if I can get a couple more miles of reduction on the speed out there, I, I think we'll all be happy. Absolutely. All right. Thank you both. Um, next question. You may have answered it a little bit in the previous, but I just want to make sure. Um, someone asked, other than the lane narrowing. Will there be any other traffic calming changes? Parkview speeds tend to be quite high. Maybe, sure. and, and, and I'll just jump in. Uh, speeding is my, as a traffic engineer, speeding is my concern. I know it's the police's concern too. I, they, they, they've said it just like I have. 
getting people to slow down is one of those long-term efforts we're making around the city. And, and the efforts begin with us on each road as we rebuild them or repave them or, or fix them up, taking actions like this to slow folks down. But other than that, at this point, we're not anticipating doing anything else. And, and I think, again, we're going to be making some changes that should affect the speed in a positive way. And we'll, we'll monitor and see what happens with it and then take another set of steps. And that that is that is the way we operate in the traffic engineering business. It, it, it may seem slow or it may seem kind of dumb sometimes, but it, it works. And, and our objective is to make streets safer. So we will keep on it. I've been driving at Parkview a lot of years since the early 90s. I, I'm kind of vested in it, even though I haven't lived here. I want it to be a good, safe street. And that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. And I, I think anytime, you know, it's not, it, it's one thing to just have cars go slower, but it's, it's really having drivers be aware and paying more attention to when they are encountering other road users, whether it's bicyclists or having, you know, protected uh, crossings for pedestrians, bringing, bringing that awareness to the, them not being the only users of the street. All right. Well, thank you for those uh, answers. Um, next question, this might be a twofold for Dennis and uh, Matt, but what increased law enforcement resources will the city be allocating to the Oakland Drive Winchell neighborhood to address speeders cutting through the neighborhood from Oakland Drive to Stadium and from Stadium Drive to Oakland Drive. So I don't know who would want to take that on first. Well, I'll jump in because I'm always glad to start talking. But I, I'll tell you, I, we're going to be monitoring what's going on there. I'll be driving there. Anthony, all, all of our staff will be driving around. We'll be driving in the neighborhoods to, to see what's going on. If there are problems, we're gonna do a couple of things. We're certainly gonna let the police department know, our public safety know about it and so that they can schedule some enforcement because they have to They have to do that. We're also going to, if we have to change signs, we will change some signs or add some emphasis signs. That That's easy. We can't always anticipate all the things drivers may do. And sometimes we just have to witness it or hear you all tell us what's going on and then we can respond to that. I'll tell you one thing though, we've had a number of these jobs as Anthony mentioned over the past several years and they can be real annoying with the dust and the disruption, but at least what I've seen over the years and certainly last year on the Portage job, which is my first year back here, is that there weren't serious safety problems. And that's what I would hope to do. And we put a lot of signs out. We kept changing the signs. We adapted the signs to what was going on. And that works pretty good. So that's what we'll all be doing. All of us will be out there. I don't know even no one's going to be out there, right? And, and you'll see us all in our vehicles. So, and, and you can let us know always if there's a problem. Uh, and, and we'll come out and check it. And see what we have to do. That that's what we'll do on our side. You know, then the public safety is certainly going to be out there too doing things. That's good evening. Yeah, we have a full-time uh, traffic officer that plans to be spending a lot of time in the uh, route in your neighborhood, as well as uh, shifting some extra patrols to the neighborhood. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we'll work with traffic engineering about setting up our speed trailer signs as well in the uh, areas we're having issues. Uh, big thing for us is uh, please let us know where you're seeing the problems and the time of day. Uh, best place to do is on our website, report that traffic complaint so we can have that information and coordinate with uh, traffic engineering and our officers to make sure uh, we get some enforcement on there. Thank you. And again, this presentation um, you saw will be posted. It's got the links um, you know, mentioned for reporting. And uh, that should also be fronted onto a project page too. So we'll make sure you, uh, if you don't know where to go, we'll, we'll make sure we help you find it, find out where to go. So thank you for your answers. Um, 
Next question is, can you discuss the decision to route traffic eastbound rather than westbound in a bit more depth? What went into that decision? This might be a, a two-part answer as well, um, because I, I know that some conversation was had with public safety on their end. Um, I, I do think that when you look at uh, traffic patterns, of vehicles um, coming into the city. I think that there are more uh, nodes, what, what we would say, there are more points of, of interest, whether it is a resident or a business or school or, or place of work um, in that eastbound direction that, that drove, you know, when, when we were having these conversations, that's that's what we were looking for um, primarily. Yeah, I, I agree, Anthony. I think what, what we really want is we're looking at the Oakland corridor and certainly the corridors further to the to the west going serving north and south of the city and and being able to feed traffic directly over into the to the east to those uh, major corridors is, is one of our objectives. It's, it's a way to try to at least get people out to those main roads that, that a bulk of our travel is at. Sure. All right. Thank you for that answer, um, those answers. Uh, so moving on, will there be a long-term speed limit reduction on Parkview as a part of the project? We aren't, in, yeah, we, we aren't anticipating changing the speed signs right now. Again, what I'd like to see is how our changes in the lanes, lane widths, uh, impact speeds. I will tell you this, and I, I just had a conversation today with the city planner about this, is that I, I think in in the next few years, we're going to be looking citywide at what speed limits are and how we might address them. Again, speeding is, is a serious problem in Kalamazoo. 30% of our crashes are directly related to, to speeding every year. So I've got a real concern. But the practical side is, is that just because we put a sign up doesn't mean that people slow down and it places a real burden on the police to enforce uh, when people just don't seem to care about the signs often. So it's a problem. I think we're getting ready to gear up and do some real study and discussion about speed limits in general, and certainly it would impact uh, Parkview. And like I said, we'll take a look at what happens uh, after we get our job done and traffic returns to normal and, and see what's happening with the speeds. And, and go from there. Certainly, and I to, to build on that, uh, anytime that, that we get the opportunity to mention speeding or traffic calming elements, um, or even you know uh, public safety enforcement, I, I, I think it's worthwhile to mention that, that, you know, that not one of these components uh, by itself gives us the, the result that we're working for. Um, traffic calming, speeding, dry, it, it's, it's driver behavior. And you know when, when you're looking to change that or bring awareness to um, the, the issues that we're seeing with speeding or you know, not stopping at stop signs or stoplights, the, the problem is not the stop sign or the stoplight. It, you know, it, it, it's multifaceted where you know, we have to, we have, we certainly have to do our part to narrow that lane, to put that stop sign there, to, to have those devices, right? It is, you know, public safety's obligation to, to enforce, you know, that behavior and make sure that, um, that they're doing their part to, to, that the rules are being followed. But it, but it's also, it's, it's a community effort too. You know, we, you know, we, we certainly do a lot of talking about it, um, 
you know, we, we hear it from residents, we talk to uh, neighborhood associations. And I think, you know, it really takes all of these working in conjunction to, to change that behavior. It's, you know, it, the, the people that are speeding, these are, you know, it's the same people we pass on the road every day. Um, so, you know, we, we have to all do our part um, to, to change that, to change that, um, that mentality. But certainly when it comes to the street design itself, signs, how, they, how they're put together, we are being taking a very aggressive stance in, in our road projects and making changes that will calm traffic, that will help manage drivers who don't always pay attention or, or think about what they're doing through the way we put our streets together, how we sign them, how we design them very aggressive and you may say well you, you haven't done a lot for a lot of years but i i know personally for, for what we got scheduled over the next three five ten years you're going to see some real nice changes in terms of how traffic is dealt with and I, hopefully it'll result in in general drivers driving better driving more careful and making our streets safer so we are Every job starts with what can we do to calm traffic? And that's not just a story for you all. That's a fact. It's very impressive because not everybody does that in our business, but we are doing it. All right. Thank you for those answers. Um, so someone wants to, to uh, well, someone asked if you could speak on some of the technical details to the final roadway design. So they were asking, you know, how wide are the lanes? They referenced the NACTO research suggesting nine foot wide lanes that will naturally induce 35 or 30 mile per hour travel speeds. Uh, is there any consideration for the curb radii being tightened? They're seeing 25 to 30 um, radii out um, currently. So, lane width and curb radii considerations as a part of the design. Yeah, our, our new street design manual, which is really a wonderful document. I know it's posted up on the, on the web if you wanna take a look at it, but it, it does incorporate many of the policies and guidelines and recommendations that NACTO uses. As a traffic engineer for a long time, I'm happy with that book because it does it, it, it does, asks us to design roads the way I've looked at it for a lot of years. And I've worked in, in cities for, for a lot of my career. The lanes out there are gonna be, I think 10 feet, nine feet. We're, we're gonna make, we're gonna adjust them so that we got five foot bike lanes. And so whatever's left, we'll divide up along the lanes. Uh, radii, I don't think there'll be a lot of changes. I haven't seen a lot of need right now, but you're gonna start seeing us change. Uh, again, our new manual talks about effective turning radiuses, and, which means that the curbs themselves are much tighter. 30 foot radius is how I've always designed streets in cities. So that, that's what we're gonna be doing. But you do it where you need to. And, and you don't just make change to make change because those changes are expensive. And we still have to be good stewards of the money. We try to make the money go as far as we can, not only for this job, but so we can spend it across the city. That, that is what we have to do. But are we going to do those things? Yes. And, and you'll see the changes out here on Parkview. Again, the, the lanes are what I see as most important. And the WIS, that's what's getting me some results. And I think that's what you will feel first. You're, you'll feel things tighten up. And I know bus drivers don't, aren't always crazy about those narrow lanes, but it slows people down. And so that's that's kind of our, our big push around the city right now as, as we look at our projects. So, but we're going to do the other things. You're going to see it. Okay. Thanks for that answer, Dennis. Um, 
So someone asked, well, do you anticipate or do you think there'll be any negative impacts, uh, traffic impacts on Greenleaf Boulevard? Um, then also asking why the boulevard can't be open to both lanes during the project. I, I don't, I'm sorry, Anthony. I, I don't see any impact, you know, other than construction related. And that'll be right at the intersection. I don't think opening the street back up to four lanes would, would help that particular problem. The problem is we have to tear the street up and dig a hole to put new water mains in. When you dig holes in, in streets, <laughs> there's not a lot you can do, but get done as quickly as you can and put it back together. So I, I think we don't see that happening. We will adjust the traffic signal timing if we need to, to help traffic. And uh, so our, our traffic or signal technicians will be, again, they'll be monitoring the whole moderating or monitoring all the signals along uh, Parkview there and adjusting them as need be to help traffic move. That's easy. We, we just will open the box up, change the timing and, and keep doing it until things, things work good. Again, we can't always tell what happened. It depends on how many people change their route, how many people go different ways. I can't anticipate that, but they'll be out there adjusting the signals for you all. Okay. Thanks, Dennis. Um, Someone wants to know, will emergency vehicles be able to travel east to Parkview Hills from the fire station on Parkview? I think maybe they meant west um, during phase two when it's only eastbound traffic, but maybe uh, Matt can speak more to that. Um, that part we haven't uh, finished yet. We're gonna have to work with uh, traffic engineering on seeing what part we can go and what part we, uh, we can't be on. So that's still in the works, but we're uh, well, well aware of it and uh, our staff will make sure that uh, we get people there when it's needed. Great, thanks. Um, I think this question was already answered. Law enforcement increase uh, their presence to enforce neighborhood speed limits. Um, I would just follow the advice in, uh, of, of an earlier question and uh, you know report anything you see, any dangerous behavior. And like others have mentioned, um, staff will be out there sort of monitoring too um, as the project moves forward. Um, someone asked, by reducing the size of the lanes on Parkview and adding the bollard, uh, adding bollards, um, I don't think any bollards are being added at this time, but you force drivers to drive over the same sections of road so much that we are getting horrible potholes. Is the city planning to take care of these potholes more regularly? especially as we cannot try to miss the pothole because the bollards are in the way. Not sure if they're referencing Parkview or not, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just in general, I, I think regardless of, of lane width, you know, we, we have a commitment to um, performing routine maintenance on our streets, um, you know, committed to good governance of maintaining this asset. Um, whether it's Parkview Avenue or, or anywhere, um, I, I can speak, you know, more broadly as far as the city goes. We have um, not only for for this year, um, we are we have our first. Uh, it, it's a more substantial type of patching project that will be uh, let soon and conducted this summer. Uh, in addition to that, we have uh, increased the amount of uh, patching opportunities that we have uh, through our in-house crews. Uh, and I think one of the things that really set us back last year, again, I, I don't mean to blame COVID, but I, I can't help but think it was because of it, you know, our seasonal uh, employment. We did not have a single seasonal employee until the fall, uh, which that is usually the primary uh, activity for those seasonal employees. Okay, great. And I think it was, uh, they clarified that they meant Greenleaf. So, but good answer okay. uh, for pothole management. Um, 
Uh, someone asks, we hope to have a sidewalk on Laird. However, a fire hydrant may be in the way at this time. Can the fire hydrant be repositioned to allow for future sidewalks? So sort of a, a sidebar to, to Parkview Avenue, but. We can uh, certainly take a look at potentially relocating a fire hydrant. Um, can't make any promises at this time, but we'll, we'll be sure to give that a look. Great, thank you. Uh, let's see. Um, someone asked, just commenting that Parkview, especially in the dip because of sand debris accumulation near Asylum and near Asylum Lake is one of the scariest places I've ever ridden a bike. I used to bike commute to the Park, Parkview campus, but I would never again ride on the Parkview bike lane um, after too many close passes at 45. So I guess just a comment on the speed. Uh, my apologies, I thought there was a question there, but good comment. Um, uh, the traffic heading north on Drake, just north of stadium, uh, is tough to deal with right now. Will those lights near that corner be adjusted to allow for the additional traffic heading that way? Stadium drive traffic is often held up by lights on Drake, so possible detour impact. Sure. And I, I think for any kind of coordinating, well, I mean, for Drake and Stadium, that is actually a uh, MDOT, Department of Transportation, signal. Um, I would also say that for any traffic uh, congestion effects that might happen um, as, as part of these, this detour, that will be dispersed by the time that we're to arrive at stadium and, and Drake to where that wouldn't be a significant impact um, at, at, at that point. Um, but certainly if, if, if it, you know, like Dennis says, you know, we're gonna be monitoring that. If it does become a problem, you know, we will reach out to MDOT and work with them to, to you know, adjust as necessary. Okay, thanks. Um, Dennis, this might be a question um, better suited for you, but someone was saying, I recently uh, read through the KCSO annual report and found that over 40% of their annual dispatches were motor vehicle related calls, traffic stops and traffic crashes specifically. Um, I don't have the same data for Kalamazoo Public Safety, but I suspect it's very similar. Just in the last five years, there have been 71 crashes on the stretch of road that is less than one mile in length. So could you please describe what specific design features calm traffic naturally and ease the burden on our public safety officials? Sure, well, I think we've mentioned some of them. Narrowing lanes works pretty good. It's surprising what a little paint can do. Uh, doing things on uh, like changing radiuses on curbs that force people to slow down so that when they turn a corner, they they don't they, they can't get a running start. That works well. And like I said, we're going to be our, our new design manual says that's what we're going to be doing, and we will. Uh, over the years, I've found that there are certain traffic control devices that do help. Stop signs everywhere don't always help slow people down. In fact, people do tend to speed up on each side of a stop sign. So that, that is it. We're, the same thing with signals. They'll tend to run the signals or step or, or run through the ambers. And, and so that doesn't always slow folks down. But what we're finding is that we've been putting up, and you may have seen some of these last year, we've been putting up large uh, pedestrian signs, oversized signs. And, and so I'm gonna be doing a lot more of oversized signing. It's in your face. So it's hard for a driver to ignore a, 40, a four by four foot sign that is lime green. It, it, it grabs their attention, things like that work. We've, if you go up on uh, park, you'll see some rectangular flashers and those are working pretty good. Do they make people stop at that crossing? Not necessarily, but do they, but do they acknowledge that they're there? Yeah, if you count the taillights going on when they flash, they're working. So we're trying a number of different 
lighted devices like that, some with red LEDs on them, some with the flashers like that. And you'll be seeing more of those around the city this year and, and as we, we go on. I think we're having some good success with them. For, for urban areas on major type streets, again, Parkview isn't a local street. So we putting in speed humps really isn't the answer for a street like Parkview or Oakland or, or streets like that. Uh, it, it, they will cause more problems than, than solve. They won't solve any, I don't believe. Uh, so we won't be doing something like that. On, on more neighborhood type streets, I think you're gonna see things like mini roundabouts, uh, where I think we're gonna try some chicanes out again, maybe some selected one-way streets, things like that. But I, again, the way the business is going right now, traffic engineering, there's new ideas coming out almost yearly. And I guess in my viewpoint, I want to try them out. As, as soon as I'm, I know that they aren't going to cause a worse problem, then I think I'm going to cure. Okay, that's always a danger. If, if I make a mistake, people get hurt and, and we just don't want that to happen. I've got a problem now with people getting hurt on our streets and I can't make it worse. But we are pretty open to hearing ideas. So again, let us know if you've got an idea. I, I'm glad to hear. And uh, I regularly talk with the folks at Western Michigan in their traffic engineering in the civil department. And we talk about research and what is good and what can work. And uh, I, I know I've certainly got the freedom here at the city. They give me the freedom to try things out, but I still have to follow good engineering rules so that Sometimes it, it makes me slow down a little bit, but I, I, you have to. Let us know what you what you see or hear. Great, Dennis. So I think we've uh, gotten to all the Parkview specific questions. I'll, um, you know, Anthony, I don't know if there's, you had some information you may wanted to, uh, to add to. Um, or I thought you said you had some extra information. Um. Yeah, we, we we really got about everything covered there. I just, you know, we will be reaching out to residents that, that will be directly affected. I, we, we did some outreach last year with anticipation that, that this work would, would happen. Um, but I think in the next in the next few weeks we'll be coming back out to have specific conversations with those neighbors uh, adjacent to the, the work that we're needing to be done uh, for some of our sidewalk work uh, and then any affected businesses directly on Parkview Avenue as well will be uh, going out and, and having conversations with them. Okay. Great, and uh, I will point out, I think the original media release for this meeting stated the project would start in April. Um, as we pointed out here, it's actually starting March 21st. So I just wanted to point that information out again. Um, so uh, I'm not seeing any more uh, questions coming in. Um, Last call, anybody, any one of our panelists have any more information they'd like to add or share? Okay. Oh, uh, we do have a question. Has the city communicated with Consumers Credit Union about the start of the project vis-a-vis -vis the start of theirs at Oakland Parkview? Uh, yeah, I've sent emails to Oakland Plaza businesses and reached out to the neighborhood association directors to share information. Um, in the coming weeks, I can reach out again and try to reach consumers credit union and make them aware of the project, but we'll also be accelerating, you know, outreach, um, you know, with water, with signage, with more media releases, social media, um, so if there are any contacts that any attendees know that think they should know, please share any all the information that we've been sending out. Um, 
we can really combine efforts and make sure, uh, you know, you know, residents are aware. And so, you know, we can, can try avoid conflicts that way. So good question. Oh, good. Somebody, uh, somebody gave some contact information. Thank you. <laughs> we will update that uh, with our contact list. Uh, somebody also asked the street design guide that should be, uh, we're still building the project page for that. So that imagine Kalamazoo projects link, keep looking there, uh, a page dedicated to that street design manual should be up yeah. soon and, and definitely look at it once it's up. It's yeah. a big document, yeah. take your time. Um, yeah. And look at all the different, uh, design elements that are possible. Um, yeah, it, it's a very good document, I, I have to say, and I wasn't here for its development. Other folks get credit for that. Anthony's one of them, but it, it is a very good traffic engineering guide that is concerned first with people and and safety. And I think you'll you'll really like what you see in that. Right. Um, I think that's all the Parkview specific questions we have for this evening. At that, I'll just thank everybody again for attending. Uh, we really do appreciate your comments and questions. That's sort of how we work out, you know, bridge that divide between us and residents and make sure our projects um, you know, move smoothly. Um, so, you know, again, uh, look for all the information from tonight being posted early next week and the city's YouTube page should have this, um, presentation up as well in case you have some, um, friends who would like to take a look. So thanks again, everyone. Have a good Thank night. You.